It's it's that time. Sometimes you just need a show. It's got a little bit of that cute for you. Hit you in the old cute bone. Got a heavy dose of Kana for season two, which I'm assuming you like. Oh, heck yeah. Who wouldn't like it? Today we're going to talk a little bit about what we liked about uh, Dragon Maid season two, what we didn't like. You know, maybe even talk a little bit about that, that new Batman movie. No spoilers, of course, but it's, I don't know. Let's talk about it. The I Married We podcast. It's your favorite anime podcast that is living proof that shows you you can swindle the opposite sex into watching cartoons about, I don't know, lesbian dragons and then talk about it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> uh, yeah, as you already heard, and uh, as you can clearly read, talking about Kobayashi, Dragon Maid Season 2, or... Uh, Kobayashi uh, Dragon Maid S. Whatever you want to call it, I don't care. Hey, are you new here? It's nice to meet you. I'm Tom, and who the hell are you over there? I'm Danielle. Oh, what, nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, just a married couple that um, what that watches the same cartoons you do. Nothing too fancy. And listen, if you're returning, you already know. We're happy to have you back. I uh, hope the week is off to a good start. Let's kick this week's ass in and just uh, keep on keeping on. I think uh, I, I got to say we kind of we didn't sleep on this one too long. Kind of got to it pretty punctually. I think this came out in January. No, no. This was September last year. July to September. Goodness gracious. That's why <laughs> we did sleep on it a oh, little bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. No, that was July. I'm looking at the wrong date. I guess a Blu-ray DVD with on-air episode titled <laughs> Attend Wa Dragon Desu oh. uh, was shipped on January 19th. I don't know where my head's at. <laughs> but anywho, yeah, so nah, I don't know. We weren't too far off, too far. Anyways, you don't care about that. If you haven't watched it, it's going to be spoilers. This can't really spoil it. It's more about the experience, but that's kind of all anime. Can you really fully, you could even spoil what the hell Attack on Titan's about. You ain't going to fully get it until you experience it. You know what I mean? Especially this season. Yeah, this season. Um, Listen, I know I'm negative boy on a lot of the shows recently. Maybe it's just because I, maybe with the new kid, I don't got time to be waiting around. But even Attack on Titan, it's like, listen. We hit a hype level, this, uh, this part two, season four, we hit a hype level of what's, was going on, going on, a little transformation, you know what I'm saying? Wink, wink, dink, dink. Uh, <laughs> and then since then it's been just, um, it's like Tarantino. It's just talking mm. and talking and talking. It's like, listen, dog, get me back. No judgment on it. Again, this is a show that is going to be going down as, uh, one of the, one of the big ones. So I'm patient, but at the same time, is like I'm definitely curious to see how it ends yep. for sure. Absolutely, um, good uh, good things happening uh, as far as us watching anime. Ch- chugged this one out. Haven't really um, been. We haven't really been zoning in on much. Like we don't have anything particular that we're like, "Ooh, we want to watch that." 
But for some reason, Dragon Maid popped up and we're like, you know what? It's time. We finally decided to take the plunge. I mean, we are doing the week by week of, we were doing Demon Slayer. We are doing Attack on Titan, Dress Up Darling, and uh, Ranking of Kings. Wanking of Wanking Kings. Of my kings. favorite. <laughs> yeah, that show. I think not that many more episodes left, so something's going to happen. I think Attack on Titan and Ranking of Kings might have the same amount of episodes left. No kidding. Four or so, I think. Don't quote me on that, but they're coming to an end, both of those. At some point. Absolutely. Um, I guess a little background on this. If you haven't watched it and you're just like, ah, I don't know, I'm never going to watch it. Let's just listen to them talk about it. Comedy, fantasy, Yuri. That's why I said the old, you know, lesbian dragon joke. They're not all going to hit. They're not all going to hit, but uh, no, yeah, it's just a bunch of girl love. Um, a lot of the relationships in this one, a little weird though. Um, you, you know, the, the young boy and then the absolute, Bajunga dragon, a <laughs> little odd on that, uh, on that front. And then you just have interesting relationships between some of the characters like, um, Toru and then who's my new favorite. Why am I blanking? Alma and Alma. They're friends, but they're also like to kick the shit out of each other. They're from different factions. And that is where season two of this, if you haven't watched season one, I don't know. It's, it's just a fun show. Just thrown in the repertoire is what it is. But we, we, you get to learn a little bit more about what's going on. This, this season was definitely an improvement on season one for me. I don't know about you. I would say so. Yeah. There was more story and like meat and potatoes to it. A lot more substance. Yeah. Substance. Yeah. Then season one was kind of just. Toru coming to, I guess, our, you know, plane of existence. Sure. Uh, Which was still good. Yeah. But. And just like her life interacting with Kobayashi and learning how to be more human-like, I guess. Absolutely. But this one, there was more like deeper meaning and mm-hmm. feelings bit, and. You know, finding out about the factions. Maybe that was in season one. But, um, you know, chaos, harmony. They may have briefly the mentioned spectators, it, but... They probably did. We missed stuff from season one because, oh yeah, we're not robots. <laughs> I don't have a photographic memory. <laughs> this is so funny and I, it, it's nothing on it, but like some people get so into a show and then you'll try and talk about it and they're like, uh, no, that's wrong. This, that, and the other. It's like, listen, talk. I have watched in the past month, six different shows, three of them currently airing. I don't know anything about anything. I'm just trying to talk about it. Listen here, nerd. Oh, I know you nerd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm 30 watching cartoons. As, you. I'm, as I'm crying in the corner because I wish I had as good of a memory as they do. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? Uh, but yeah, no, I, I like that. This stew was a bit more chunky than, mm-hmm. than the first season for sure. Um, with that said, yeah. As kind of mentioned, we're just going to go into it, what we like, what we didn't like. It's the per usual. You've been here. You've done that. Uh, you're liking what you're, what you're hearing, or I don't know how you would. We haven't really talked about anything, but if you like us enough, hey, check out that Instagram. I married we pod on uh, the old Instagram posted a, we've, I think we've mentioned this, but posted an unboxing of a Miku figure. And I don't know what's going on with Insta, but random pop off moments like. We, uh, the video fizzled out and we're like, okay, that's it. That's fine. And then suddenly at like eight at night on a Thursday, it exploded a couple hundred likes. You just couple- missed like the best going up, 
on, on a, a Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> I know I missed the opportunity and I'm regretting it already, but then it would pop off and then it would just dip. I'm like, all right, that was a nice little, and then just the other day mm-hmm. I kind of did it again. Not like popping off, popping off, but I mean, it's, For it's, us, it's I mean. closing in on 10,000 plays and eh, I don't know. So yeah, if you like that, go ahead and take a little gander at that Instagram. And, uh, also we got a link tree on there to go to our discord and all that good stuff. All right. Shilling complete. <laughs> Let's get into this show a little bit. Gotta say my favorite part of the show was the fact that where, while Toru is like uh, my jam, Elma took over. I think she mm-hmm. is bae for me. I like her a lot. And uh, it was very transformative in that way. Kana being the protectable one, love her to death. It's just mostly about loving the characters and the crazy, wacky antics, you know? Could agree. Yeah. I'd say, as far as the ratings went, seven worthy, for Mm -hmm. sure. Mal's got this one at about an 8.4. It's ranked 154 and popularity 426. Not bad. Not that statistics necessarily matter. I mean, I'm out here liking some shows that probably (laughs) are rated absolute dog shishy. But. Um, yeah, I gotta say the only episode I think, uh, I would take away from this was episode seven. Seven was the only one where I was like, eh, okay. You know, searching for a ghost, Fafnir wanting to make a manga, but it's like, if you've seen Saikano, mm. psh, you don't need episode seven of this. <laughs> yeah. Um, although I did think it was funny when, um, what's his name? Fafnir? No, um, the guy who Kobayashi works with, Takia, whatever oh, his Takia. name is, yeah. he had something at his booth sold out, big titty girl, her <laughs> cosplay pictures, yeah. which I think her thing was like her cosplay name on her books or whatever was like huge titties or s- yeah, something along those boobs. lines. Yeah, which was hilarious. And then poor Fafnir, not a single one of his books. <laughs> His book sold. <laughs> yeah, I hate to see it. Uh, yeah, he's a character that I was, I don't know. I mean, he was the pity unit in a gotcha game. They did a collab with uh, this and he was what they you get for free. And even then you're like, still not using him. Don't care. He sucks. <laughs> They're uh, trying to make the world like him, but you just can't. And on top of that, so you're going to get a human form and you're also going to get a uh, dragon form with all the dragons in this show. Mm hmm. His is creepy as a mother. Yeah, he looks like a spider. Yeah, I don't like, I don't that like much. it. The little like six pincers around his mouth. I was like, nope. No, nope. not into it. Definitely not. Nope, no, definitely not. <laughs> and then I, the, the one good moment with him, though, was when uh, Toru was joining the neighborhood watch and there's reports oh. of a man dressed <laughs> yeah. in dark dancing in the street and you find out it's him. Yeah. And that was one of those moments. I was like, all right, funny enough. Mm hmm. Uh, but a big thing this season was, yeah, first season was kind of just about getting silly. Mm-hmm. Um, some kind of just being cute, being silly as this, it kind of got a little, no, it was still that same vibe, but it got a little bit more serious. I think we were tackling more along the um, life lessons route or just more serious lessons kind of thing. Um, tackling like with Toru, we have this learning to you know she she throughout the entire show 
is trying to be the best her to have Kobayashi fall in love with her. And that it's just one of those things where she kind of finally comes to this realization as you see later on in the season, actually probably last episode or whatever. She realizes, oh my gosh, I love you so much because you've shown me that even though I think I should be able to improve in this, that, and the other, you like me for who I am. And then like, oh, okay, like self-love, that's kind of cool. You've got mm. um, things kind of with uh, Elulu who hates humans due to loss of her parents. Um, and then like blaming the humans on that, but then she wanted to be friends with humans. And then this whole side story with her and the doll, that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of had an awe moment. She returns the doll to, Oh, and yeah. it's a high school student who's like, Oh, I was trying to abandon it. Cause I get made fun of for having a doll. It's like, don't get me wrong. You know, if you're still bringing it to high school, I see why the kids did that. <laughs> uh, but don't throw it away. Just, yeah. You know, enjoy it at home. Yeah. As an avid doll collector. Well, not really a collector, but I had my fair share of American Girl dolls. Sure. I couldn't do that. American Girl. And I had a, a bitty baby. Bitty baby I never heard of. You know, growing up with uh, my sister, she never got into that, but she did have the American Girl doll and they got little books and stuff. Yeah. When you got your doll, she came with like, a book about, like, they would make books about that doll. That's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Give a little personality to that thing. So when it wakes up in the middle of the night and starts <laughs> staring at you, you can say, but remember when you were riding horseback? <laughs> you know what I mean? Those things are terrifying. I don't do dolls, man. Those things are... I know. Just wait till Faye's a little older, then you're going to have some issues. Oh, my gosh. We're going to tell her, okay, tuck your dolls in and put the blankets over their head. <laughs> my one uh, coworker. He made me laugh this week because he said uh, his daughter, who's young, I think she's four, maybe five. Hmm. Anywho, uh, I guess she had said to him, uh, <laughs> I watched you sleep last night. <laughs> and he's telling me this. I'm like, oh, no, I'm in for it. And yeah, I guess basically what happened was she got up in the middle of the night, didn't wake her parents up. She just sat on the bed and I guess just watched. <laughs> my co-worker sleep and it's like okay once she's to that age she better be careful well i loved his response to I was her like hey you can't do that i'm i could kick you yeah like that would scare the crap out of me that's something i don't look forward to because i don't think i did it to my parents i'm trying to think when i was younger when i was older and they would go to bed and you know you're coming home like hey mom and dad i'm home but yeah. That's something that terrifies me because I know you're not going to wake up. So they're going to come to my side of the bed and scare the bejesus out of me. Yeah. And well, I mean, better, better to scare you than I. I I think I've already said this. I was at the, (laughs) did I already say this? I don't know. I was at a haunted house. Oh, you almost decked the guy. That's the thing is the first moment I realized, (laughs) normally I just, oh, I jump and that's it. And we'd laugh and that, but for some reason I was at this haunted house. This dude jumped out at me and I, my fist went up and I like, it was ready to hit the guy. I was like, okay, I can't do these anymore. Apparently I'm a fight or flight kind of guy now. I'm not even tough And either. you're not a flight, you're just a fight. It's either, yeah, rigor mortis or just, what's that spell in Harry Potter against Neville? Spoiler um, alert, Neville gets hit with a spell and he turns into a damn plank. Um, Petrificus totalis. There you go, yeah. 
petrification. Oh yeah, petrify. Yeah. Petrify total. Total petrification. <laughs> so crazy. Um slight sidebar. Danielle um was like, you know what? Go ahead, go. Cause I had my cousin hit me up. He's like, yeah, I kind of wanted to see Batman. I'm like, okay, sure. And she's like, yeah, go. I'm like, fine. All right. You don't have to twist. I had to basically push him out the door. Yeah, twist my arm. Why don't you? So I saw that new Batman everyone's talking about. Gotta tell you, not going to talk any spoilers, but I got to say the Nolan films were very good. I respect them. I've fallen asleep in those movies quite a bit. Um, and it's nothing against that. Still stellar movies, but got to say, personally, it's my favorite Batman movie uh, to date. I like it a lot. And uh, Rob Pattinson did well. The new Batmobile is sick. And uh, yeah, yeah, that was very good. But anyways, I say that because then this is all we were talking about Neville. Here's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Saw the new Fantastic Beasts. Or oh. was it Fantastic Beasts? Something of Dumbledore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it might be pretty good. I don't know. But at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't I don't know if I'm the Harry Potter fan I once was. I think that those movies are just okay. I, I think it's fine if you don't like them. What, the fantastic ones? Mm-hmm. But this one's talking about Dumby. Professor Dumbledore Doyle, as <laughs> what's her name says. Dumbledore <laughs> From, uh, what's the school? Um, but, um, was that you or me? That was, I think, both of us in oh, stereo. That was um, nice. Honey, I'm having serious mom brain right now. No, I just think it's there's so much to so much to think, think about, about right on now. A daily basis. Um, hold on, Belbaton. Belbaton. Yeah, I'm not French, Bel-Baton. so I don't anyways, know how to say it. It doesn't matter. We're an anime podcast, and that <laughs> shit is some of that normie 3D <laughs> garbage. Just kidding. We like ye. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anywho. Uh, kind of another thing to touch on about this show that I thought was very nice is Kana front and center several episodes. She's oh. as cute as ever. Um, we even had a fun episode where she escaped to New York. She did not have a good time. Ended up calling uh, Kobayashi, if I dare say, a butthead. But fit. Buttface? Buttface? Or was Ooh, it butthead? Kana, I can't even believe that. You know, a bar of soap for her, but... I wish I knew what they fought about. That was the biggest mystery. I think it doesn't matter. That's All she true. knows is... She probably, I don't know, she couldn't... Uh, she couldn't get a belly rub or something. I don't know. There were so many <laughs> cute things compacted into these episodes, but when she goes to New York, takes on the mafia single-handedly. <laughs> um, but the fun part of that episode was actually when Toru, she comes back to apologize and Toru's like, oh yeah, I actually, I, I followed you. And then they do all these snapshots of different scenes that we had watched and Toru's in the background. Mm-hmm. Sure as shit, we, re- we rewinded to one of them and yeah, she was sitting back there. So it was a little Where's Waldo kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Go ahead and what was your favorite episode? It was that episode. It was that. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Because I, I loved that part, and then the second half of that episode when Kana is back, and it's in the summertime, and it's hot. Yeah. Kobayashi had the day off. Um, Toru was at work, and Ilulu was at work, too. So Kana and Kobayashi went out because they ran out of tea, and they just kind of had a cute time, and it was just really 
it was cute to just see them together. Was it? Was it because you have a daughter and you were? Maybe. Maybe that's why I like oh, it a lot. That's going to be so cute. I just thought it was hilarious because obviously Kana is older than Kobayashi. Because from what I remember, I think from last season, they just age really slowly, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, And she's just mesmerized by all of these manholes, which I don't know how Kana has not realized that there's manholes yet yeah, <laughs> on right. the ground so she's going like oh kobayashi look there's one here and then takes like 10 steps like they'll like zoom her down the road oh and one here and then she's like writing all of the different designs which that's one thing that's cool about japan they do sometimes have different designs on the manholes mm-hmm. which is cute ours are just boring but um but that was funny because then you realize like kids when you do something with them. They want to do it over and over and over. And it's just, no, <laughs> you're like, okay, enough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think the, her actual age kind of, I don't think there is actually like an age. Mm-hmm. They just pretty much go by appearance in the show. So mm-hmm. they, as far as the official wiki goes, if it's even official or whatever, but they're saying Toru, her appearance is 16. Whereas Kana, her appearance is, I believe, nine. And she's in third grade. Yeah, about nine. Mm. So I don't know. I I think I kind of am picking up on what you did. I don't know. Maybe they didn't say it, but I mean, they're old. These dragons are hella old. It's doing that anime loophole where it's like. Yeah, because I thought in season one when Kana came into the picture mm-hmm. and Toru was explaining to Kobayashi about ages. And I was like, oh, OK, like. Obviously, I don't remember because we watched that probably, what, two years ago or something. but. Um, yeah, no, she's just cutie, cutie head. She's what I love the show for. And then as you said, Elma kind of like creeped up to being my like second favorite character, probably. Mm -hmm. Also sharing the name from another popular show. I'm looking at you, girl. Uh Uh-oh. What, Elma? No. Oh, I'm like, wait, what? No, 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 Kana. (laughs) Oh. You got this one? Kana. It's a deep, it's a deep poll. Not deep, but I don't think you'd actually know her name. If you... I can, I can hear, like, I, I remember watching a show where someone shares that name, but I'm going to need some help. All right, let me, uh, so basically here are your two clues. Oh, her name's the name meaning mm-hmm. of, uh, Kana in this show is God of Nothingness. And she was created by an evil character formed out of his own flesh. Formed out of his own flesh. Mm-hmm. Formed out of his own flesh. So, uh, okay, last clue, and then we'll move <laughs> on. We'll move on. Um, I'm asking you this specifically because this is your show. Oh, God, and that's going to make me be terrible if i don't remember it's not inuyasha it is inuyasha what kana the, the blank face silver hair girl who's holding the little mirror <gasps> her name's kana oh her name is kana yeah she's a villain oh oh yeah she is made f- well i think is she made from the dust of Hikio? No. I'm not oh, sure. sh- oh, what's his name? 
miasma guy. I cannot hear of miasma without thinking of it. Naraku. Naraku. <laughs> that damn miasma. Yeah. Um, I think I was reading something like not, yeah, historical or something. And they were like, oh, something, something miasma. I was like, miasma's real? <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> yeah. I watched too much anime. <laughs> I thought it was just something like some spooky, like ghosty stuff, poison. I don't know. I'm like, oh. I thought it was Inuyasha poison. <laughs> nah, yeah. And actually, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. I hope any of this is actually right because this is coming from the wiki. But so fun. So she's in third grade. This is all just still talking about Kana. She has a habit of eating bugs and small animals. You see her in the last episode. A very cute moment. She jumps up, eats a butterfly, and then goes, bah. And Oh, yeah, and lets it, it out. And flies out. <laughs> um, but this one says... That uh, she was seen smiling for the first time in episode one of this season. I guess she didn't smile in the first season. Oh. Yeah, she was more about just being a cutie. She's a stoic-faced cutie. Mm-hmm. Um, her name and affinity for electric energy are references to Kana Kamui, patron god of storms in the lore of the Ainu, the aboriginal people of northern Japan and parts of Russia. Interesting. The place Kana states as her home, uh, Ushishir Island also refers, uh, references this in the same lore as considered to be a sacred place. Hmm. Just, some, just a couple for you, just a couple nuggets. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, and then learning like, first off, being able to see a little baby Toru, she was also very cute. Oh, Just yeah. running around, throwing <laughs> a rock. There was so many, and that's kind of the point of the show. I mean, we've already kind of said that, but this is the show that you just watch to... Feel good, give you the feel good. It's just feel goods, for sure. And it, it can be a little wacky in some spots. I think you definitely want to be an anime watcher before fully getting into it. This isn't one that like, you know, my mom will occasionally come up to me now and go, you know, is there an anime I should? Yeah, this isn't one that's going to be going on her list. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it's cute. I love it. And um, frankly, she's just, she's, it's just, it's great. Frankly, mm-hmm. I was worried watching this season. Go ahead. Because I felt maybe halfway through um, when Kobayashi was starting, like there was loving shots on Toru and Kobayashi when they like felt concerned about something and I was starting to get a little anxious that all the dragons were going to leave. Oh, Oh, in that last bit. Yeah. Like somewhere around the end, like the last three or four episodes, like people started to talk a certain way about certain things. And I was like, I don't like the feeling I'm getting. I'm not feeling happy. (laughs) And I was Getting concerned because like Toru didn't look very happy in some of the episodes. She was kind of stoic. And I didn't know if she was kind of thinking like she had to leave to give Kobayashi more space. And I was I was getting nervous. Like after the festival, I thought maybe she was going to leave. I think it was less so Toru acting weird. Mm. I I didn't know Toru was picking up on Kobayashi's like. Kobayashi was the one acting weird. And mm-hmm. that's where I was just like, man, so what is going on here? Essentially, it just, it was kind of a nothing burger. It just ended up being that she just, I don't know, she was having these odd feelings of maybe like. Well, I think she was, what 
I thought mm-hmm. like during the festival when she asked Shota how he would feel if um what's her name? They got like a weird name for her on the Mal. Lukoa, big big breasted dragon. Yes. Um <laughs> How he would feel if she started hanging out with other people, like classmates and other of his friends, and he like started to get all flushed and stuff. So I think the feeling Kobayashi was having was maybe a little bit of jealousy because Toru like had her job at the maid cafe and was doing stuff like around the town, like helping other shop owners and stuff and not being with her all the time, you know? So I don't know if she was Or it was just she was trying to gauge where her feelings were at. You know what I mean? Oh, if this is how they feel, you know, maybe she thinks they're close and she's trying to gauge, oh, how would you feel if this? So should I be feeling that if she's with other, you know mm. what I mean? It could be, it could be anything. At the end of the day, it, it's such an open-ended relationship anyways, just because mm. they leave it on so much stuff. But no, it, such a happy-go-lucky feeling thing. Um, the little quirkiness of, of Toru always trying to get her to eat a part of her tail <laughs> always not looking very good but she didn't do it a lot this they did it a lot in season one so they only pulled it out a couple times this season uh true um i did just learn a, a new word a kudere hmm. you know there's like sundares and things like that a kudere is character who is calm and collected on the outside and never panics they show little emotion and in extreme cases are completely emotionless but they may be hiding their true feelings deep down and that is where kobayashi lands i was gonna say that so there you go uh yeah i don't know she's so even though her name's in the title come on we're here for the dragons oh yeah for sure uh she, she did have her moments this season though i liked her a lot more this season than last season Hmm. Yeah, I can agree. Yeah. Was there a part that, I know we kind of talked about our favorite episode, but there's a part that I thought was especially funny. I don't know if you can pinpoint, like, out of what we watched, was there something that kind of, like, hit your funny bone? If you can do a poll. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to do a, a poll here. Uh, was it the roommate thing? Roommate? Or, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Fafnir's roommate? Uh-uh. Wasn't that bit? Because that was funny. So Fafnir is this kind of dragon with, he's a bit of a loose cannon, I suppose, and he's just living with this, <laughs> with uh, Kobayashi's co-worker, and he's, yeah, I mean, he's just a dork, a little bit of an otaku, and plays a lot of video uh, plays games. Plays a lot of video games, but he knows that Fafnir can just fly off the handle very quick. Well, ends up in episode one of this season, Fafnir ends up getting banned from this game. Mm-hmm. And you just see his roommate start booking it, saying the fate of mankind is in jeopardy. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Um, I'm trying to think. No, go ahead. And- so I liked when Toru gets the job at the maid cafe mm. and Kana and Kobayashi visit and she's the chef. Mm-hmm. And... Um, she ends up serving Kobayashi and Kana their food and she does this like demonic spell (laughs) over the food to make it taste good, but it sounds like it would curse the food. And so she ends up putting in her notice at the cafe, um, I think because she wanted to spend more time at home Mm -hmm. and 
all of the maids working at the cafe. No, we've gotten so popular because, um, you know, you being the head chef, whatever. So she teaches all of these humans to do this chant over the food. So whenever they're doing it, they have like dead eyes and like these little black wavy marks. Mm -hmm. Like they're really concentrating on their face. It's hilarious. That like (laughs) some of the returning, like that returning joke definitely hit. Um, I'd have to say, um, and you're not really asking, but my favorite episode uh, had to have been the one, and I'm trying to pinpoint which one it was, but maybe it was, it was one where basically, okay, nine, episode nine, the front half of that episode, shitty. You had Elma with the work conditions trying to get that stuff passed. Then he had like chaperone camping that had a couple funny moments. He had oh, a little that, bit of yeah. fishing and oh, that's where I die. And the girl's like, what are you talking about? You died. Anyways. <laughs> and Elma, when she loses the kids and is running through the forest and is just getting slapped by the trees <laughs> as she's ripping by. That was pretty good. <laughs> but the highlight of that and the highlight of, uh, for me, as far as visually goes, I guess the, the demon slayer award goes to <laughs> <laughs> looks good, but you know, um, was episode nine because El- Elma and Toru do this kind of uh, spar. Mm-hmm. Gotta tell you, I, I, I forget which studio did this, but. I think th- Kyoto. This show had some animation that there should not have been budget for, for something like this. The blasts from the dragons, just the angles, the really energetic ways of kind of showing the fights. This show is top notch when it goes like, oddly weird fighting mode it is just sick and um something i enjoyed was not not only the aesthetics of that fight but then the aesthetics of uh toru throughout the show there's mm-hmm. a time where she's doing the neighborhood watch or whatever mm. um episode four i believe and and she's some guy comes up and is saying something to her and she, this is also a time when we see her for the first time out of her maid outfit. She's wearing a very cute pink dress. Oh, man. And knee-high socks, I think. Elma, Toru. I can't pick which one's my favorite. I think Elma still, but Toru's, oh, I don't know. <laughs> In the game of anime, yet who cares? <laughs> uh, but she has so many of these very expressive faces throughout the show. When she's defending Alulu earlier on from that one dragon guy. Just her glaring red eyes, just mm-hmm. freaking sick. They, it's like a mob psycho type of a moment <laughs> where it's just, you, you just sit there and go, that's just badass. It's just clean. It's cool. And we like it. I can't remember when it was. It was, it was in, it must've been during the Kobayashi, Kobayashi, the Toru Elma fight. Cause I was like, Toru was in her human form still and she was fighting someone, but in like the background drawing of it, you could see the shadow of her dragon form, like going to take a bite out of someone. That was kind of cool too. Yeah. It's something that I gotta say, as far as fight scenes go, you wouldn't expect it out of something like this show here. Mm -hmm. You you just, when the studio wants to turn the flip, the switch, they do it. And it's just fun. Um, If, if, if this show's not kind of your thing, maybe look on YouTube for a compilation of the fight scenes just to kind of get a little visual, but Mm -hmm. yeah, it's just kind of a lovely watch at the end of the day. It's not, um, 
I don't know. It's not going to groundbreak. This is definitely a show for certain people. Um, Kobayashi being the front runner, who's just more so this frumpy chick who has a programming job and works too much and likes to get drunk. She got mm-hmm. drunk a lot in the first season. Didn't really get too mm-hmm. drunk um, second season, which was nice because that joke kind of ran its course. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. It, it, well, she's got a she's got a baby now. She's got to take care of Kana. She can't be walking around drunk all the time. That's true. I mean, she ends up. I, she is just the orphanage for these dragons. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. I you know, and granted, I don't think there was any more room uh, for the. Well, actually, two of the dragons in the show are just Jugs McGee. A Lulu comes around, and she's this like lolly kind of type dragon, but she has got some absolute. Uh, as we've coined, I mean, as we've said, it's, it's, it's been, they're just bajungas. They are, those things are powerful. And actually we see in the, when she first shows up in episode one, we've got some terrifying lolly flame tit dragon action. (laughs) She's going to use this fire move. That's a, like a damn hyper beam from Pokemon. Mm -hmm. And Toru's also shooting those too, but like you just see this red energy collection within the Tatas and then she craziness ensues. And this is one of, it's one of those things. It's very imaginative. You would never think of um, that as where the, maybe the energy collection might be. So if these dragons, you know, all of the girl dragons have these big boobs because it's, Based on their power, I think is what they said, right? Something I think it's like more that? so physical form. I think it, because it's because they're compacting. A, it's a type of a magic where they're looking like humans. And mm. Lulu shows that she didn't have it perfected at all. Because when she first shows up, she's got dragon arms still with these claws. <laughs> and her tail. And there is actually one of the funnier moments <laughs> for me because it's just so strange and out of the blue. <laughs> um, episode two, <laughs> we are... We are greeted with a very odd concept. So Lulu, again, transforming a human is this magic. Well, she finally is gets told like, hey, why don't you t- turn your arms human too? She's like, oh, I haven't gotten that because I end up making these like club hands. And sure enough, she does it. And she just looks like she's got these, just a ball for each hand. <laughs> and then they do this weird like SpongeBob zoom in. <laughs> And there's just thousands of mini hands all over Terrifying. This. But then it justifies why she's able to pick shit up with yeah. just the ball. So that was kind of funny. Um, but going back to what I was saying with all oh, these sorry, dragons yeah. having big boobs, does Fafnir have just the biggest nuts? I mean, like, the, guy, the, the guy's <laughs> packing a huge sack underneath. <laughs> you see him walking like a, like he just got off of a horse. <laughs> Um, no, you know what? Honestly, that's a good question. I never thought of Fafnir's balls until just now. Um, he's such an annoying character. I'd say like, yeah, they needed him. He's that weird grounded version of like sense where they go to him when they need something. But I don't know. There's so many things that I'm like digging on the show that there's so many things that I told you like Shota and, uh, what do they call Quetzalcoatl? What's her little... Her, um, uh, oops, Lukau or something, Lukoa, Lukoa, <sighs> dearly beloved. She looks <laughs> like she looks like Shenron when she's a dragon. That was pretty cool. 
Yeah, she's ginormous. So no, no wonder why her boobs are huge. She's I, well. She used to be a goddess, a dragon goddess. Yeah, they definitely have her hitting a certain demographic, though. I mean, mm-hmm. you look at her, though, absolute uh, milkers in her shirt, <laughs> and then on top of that, you've got these thigh highs, and you, ju- I mean, and the cutoff, and then the converse, which. Never was a converse guy. No? No. Mm. I just, it's such a weird, I don't know where the culture of converse is. I liked it and it's like, uh, did Sandlot, were those converse that he puts on at the end to run from the dog? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Anywho, the pink <laughs> converse, uh, I, I, didn't you have pink converse? I had pink and blue. Mm. Yeah, I don't High know. Tops. It's just, it's age, it's age restricted to me. Like, it's just, that's a, so it made this, like, middle-aged woman-type dragon aesthetic just a little odd for me. Like, mm, See, I think it depends on your fit. So you don't, fit. you don't think me right now I could wear some high tops? Hmm. Because I think it depends, now you, your fit, I would say no. Well, yeah, I mean, I've got that freaking Rob Deerdeck, you're too old, but you're still wearing a huge hoodie and some street shoes. Yeah. At the same time as I guess, look who's talking now, you know, maybe I shouldn't be wearing, but I've, I've definitely classed up my shoes. I haven't been doing the high top Nikes like before. I, it's just, no, but I think that's your look or like the, the Adidas shoes we've been getting you. God, the pods. Seriously. If you guys haven't seen Adidas pods, I think they're called the pod 3.1s. If you want to have a shoe that makes you feel like you're an Ava from Evangelion. They're pretty comfy. They are so sick. It's, we bought ours. Um, in preparation of going to Japan because we knew we were going to be doing a lot of walking and uh, they held up. And then unfortunately, I do not know how to not do shit in my shoes that I'm not supposed to. Yeah, you're bad. Listen, uh, life's <laughs> too short. And frankly, no, I actually, when those, when we threw those out, I was incredibly sad. Yeah. But I have one of the coolest young coworkers who uh, as a <laughs> as a going away present because I was leaving the company uh, bought me these shoes that I the, these pods that I love and I was like dude come on man you're too nice you didn't need to do that well turns out I'm actually working with them again because <laughs> I went back so uh, happy to have done that and a little another little sidebar that's not shoes uh, is found out something interesting and I already told you about it, but it was kind of funny. So, uh, my coworker's Korean and I was talking, we were talking about dogs at work and he ended up, we were just talking about like dog names or whatever. And we've been such on me and Danielle are in such love with, uh, ranking of Kings. And I was like, Oh, Boji. So cute. So cute. Um, you know, maybe I'll name that. So at work I had said, Oh, I don't know. Maybe it'd be a fun little Corgi name, name him Bochi. And he looked at me with this face and he just started laughing. He goes, Bochi. I go, yeah. <laughs> Granted in the show, it's B O J J I or something like that. Well, I guess in Korean Bochi is basically, it's like, you're just saying pussy. <laughs> so I essentially told him I would name, <laughs> I would name my dog pussy, <laughs> which <laughs> you know, it would be a pretty good low key joke for any time he comes over and we're just saying, oh, Bochi, Bochi, come here. <laughs> uh, you win some, you lose some. Honestly, there's so many different cultures, different types of people that 
there's no wonder the internet's always offended at something. People just are, you know. Yeah, why can't we go back to the good old days? Yeah, when you're on Xbox just screaming at each other and how you (laughs) absolutely demolished each other's moms. Oh, gosh. Xbox Live, you want to talk about getting thick skin? You can tell when someone was an Xbox Live kid, when nothing gets to them. Yeah, that's you, honey. Yeah, I, 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 oh, God. There was, have we, I don't know if we've ever said this on the podcast, maybe only in front of our friends, but we were laying in bed one night. Get your mind out of the gutter, guys. We were laying in bed. I don't think they thought anything about laying in bed. I Get don't your know. mind out. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. I was like, tell me some of the stuff you would say on Xbox. And you were like, no, I don't think so. I don't think I, I was like, come on, tell me, I want to know. And you told me I. You just, you laid there like I had just told you the day you would die. There was this thousand yard stare. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the stuff you'd say concerning people's families, I mean, What a cesspool. I mean, that was pretty much the precursor of knowing that the internet was going to ruin humanity. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. The things that people would say to me via chat on League of Legends playing ADC as a noob doesn't even skim the surface of what you would tell people. But here's the deal. The good thing with that is you were both you you would mostly play with uh, a couple people. So if anyone did, we we attacked them. That's true. It'd only be like one or two outsiders versus, you know, yeah. how many people are in team five? Five. So three to two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I shouldn't say attack. We defended you there. That sounds a little bit less hostile. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So anywho, uh, I don't even remember why. Oh, the converse. And then, wow, what a, <laughs> what a tangy. But anyways, uh, Lukoa or whatever in that relationship with Shota. It's just, it's just odd. And I, J- Japan's always trying to test that limit mm-hmm. uh, because granted with uh, age of consent being different over there, I get it. Um, and kind of in certain s- circumstances where it's still like, <laughs> like Kitagawa from dress up darling, theoretically mm-hmm. people should not be, um, inclined to lewd her because she's a high school student but i mean in japan i guess that's 13 that's just uh the way of the world over there kitagawa she is so cute she is very cute um yeah that i couldn't uh yeah i can't i can't be okay with the little boy and and the big booby dragon yeah no you're wrong shota living the the young boy life um See, but if she wasn't so forceful, I think that'd be a different thing. I think it's, oh, well, and he kind of summoned her. I don't know. It's a weird fictional relationship. I think it'd be hard to rationalize any of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although I, the fact that his dad is in understanding <laughs> of what's happening, but yeah, I mean, she is just the, the titty attacker. She, she'll get you. Yeah, a face full right in between. She might suffocate you. Yeah, right. Goodness freaking gracious. But uh, yeah, yeah. So it's just, just, just odd. But uh, overall, gotta tell you, never really cared for dragons outside of like Game of Thrones or 
Lord of the Rings, but uh, this this is just rehyping dragons, so you can't hate on that too much. And they're all cute. Yeah, and I mean, this one also testing the limits of uh, the relationship within the show, and actually leading to Toru having some a very interesting uh, reaction to it, but we have, in the case of uh, Elulu, when she first shows up, decides to curse Kobayashi. What does she <laughs> curse? What 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 is one of the biggest curses you could put on a woman? I suppose apparently to the show, give her a peepee. <laughs> so she uh, she gives Kobayashi a little um, elephant trunk, and uh, Toru finds out and is a little optimistic. <laughs> uh, very optimistic in that episode. That was a little crazy too. You just never know where the show is going. Yeah, it, it, this one at least had more. Um, it's still skit based, but this just had more of a forward progression than than mm-hmm. the first season did, which was nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't last last season? It was kind of just snippets. They really didn't flow together. They did a little bit, but yeah, this kind of had like a purpose. Each episode, a little bit had something to do with the last episode or something that you had watched before rather than season one. Mm -hmm. And some definite uh, growing moments within the show as we touched on Toru realizing that she is good as she is. She doesn't need to, you know, improve herself in any way. Not to say that, you know, there's probably some improvement she can have, you know, like stop trying to have someone eat her tail, (laughs) but it's a start. Uh, but we, we we also have just interesting things. If we've got Kobayashi, who's got this maid fetish, well, we get to see her take on wearing a maid outfit. And you realize why she never did wear one, because she tried to wear one back in the day. Her parents pretty much were like, yikes in the yard. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> Creating uh, what we call in the business a complex. <laughs> so <laughs> very, that was a very real moment right there. It just takes one phrase in your childhood and you can be a different person. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Craziness. But uh, no, she looked, she looked pretty cute in Toru's maid outfit. Did she? Cuter than usual. She's a frumper. Yeah, I guess so. Listen, it just looked so weird. Well, it looked weird because you see her in collared shirts and ties and shit like that. I guess that's true. And sweaters and whatever. <laughs> Graphic tees. Exactly. Nothing wrong with that. Um, and dragons getting jobs. Another solid theme within the show. Lulu having that. That was genuine and very cute. Her taking over for that candy shop. That was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then. Tormenting the. The poor shop owner's grandson (laughs) with her huge juggaloons. Yeah, he was, he was called a pervert quite a bit in the show (laughs) by her, but she was saying it in quite the way that where she was clearly digging on it, but. And he definitely wasn't meaning to, you, you kind of can't help it. Yeah. Again, you know, they're, they're flame sacks, (laughs) but then even Toto getting a job, man, she is neighborhood watch working at the maid cafe helping out our community. Toru's here to stay. And we, uh, we like that. Mm-hmm. Who in it now? Kana is your favorite of them. Yes. And does that even go down to aesthetic? You like her the most aesthetically as well. Um, yeah, I like her little like knee high 
there's like a little bit of like what looks like it would be frilly or lacy mm, on the top of her little tights. I think her hair is cute, how it's white, but it's got like the pink on the end. Yeah. Um, her little tail is pretty funny. Her little tail with the poof. Yeah. Um, we got a little throwback to her in this season, how she plugged the hairdryer into her tail because she's yeah. electric. She did that a few times, I think, in the first season. But yeah, I love her voice. I love just her. And I like her interacting. I mean... Her friend Saikawa kind of drives me crazy with how much she kind of like gets like, ooh, when Kana is cute or does something with her. She's got a Zenitsu yeah. kind of a feel <laughs> yeah. in this season where it's like it starts and you're like, that is hysterical. I love the heart on her tongue. Mm-hmm. And then she overstays her welcome. Mm-hmm. Granted, leading to that funny board game moment in episode three where Saikawa gives all of her money over yeah. to um, Kana so that she can win and then calls her king. And then Kana just sits there and says, worship me in her cute <laughs> little voice. It's just, yeah, I mean, if I could just open up a thesaurus for the word cute, that's essentially what the show is. Mm-hmm. And it's... um, I mean, there's also a reason why... I mean, I have to love Kana so much because one of the... Two or three figures that I want to own in this sure. lifetime. She is one of them. Yeah. Kana in her festival kimono outfit. So yeah. cute. <sighs> kimono or uh, what is it called? Uh, yukata. A yukata. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. 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 Oh, and we had a very good moment with the picking. Uh, Toru <gasps> wanting to pick. Uh, oh, yeah. have, have Kobayashi help her pick her <laughs> yukata and it was it, it hits so close to home that Danielle even looked at me and said oh you should make that a note it's like as if I wasn't going to <laughs> Danielle's got a very like I'm talking like you're not even here <laughs> you have a very interesting thing and you're very self-aware of it which is at least a start here uh, to the fact that I will be given a 50-50 choice Danielle will have something that is like a um, this or this, this or this, this or this. Well, uh, you know, we've been married almost six years now and, uh, still using the same technique where basically whatever I pick, <laughs> that just means that that was the wrong one. And then she goes with the other one. And I'm like, so, you know, it gets to a point where she's like, well, then what the hell are you asking me for? And then what's the justification? Okay. So when I give Tom an option, when I give you an option, yeah, talk to me. <laughs> Hey, you. So I give you an option. Let's say I say cherry pie or apple pie and you say cherry pie. Yeah, you say cherry pie. If I feel like I um, what's the feeling that I get? Like when I feel disappointed in that decision, because sure. I'm torn at the time, like I really don't know what I want. OK. And when you isolate it for me, cherry and I'm like, oh. Because that shows that I really want apple. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Now, can I give you <laughs> something that you can maybe do? What? You could flip a fucking coin. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of using me. Okay, I'll keep I a coin in my pocket. I can tell you, have I ever picked right? I don't think so. I think I always show you what you are disappointed in. <laughs> What a lovely synergy we have going on as a married um, I'm couple. I'm trying to think. Um, no. 
no, I've never picked right. Plain and simple. Mm. And I don't have any uh, resentment. It's just, it's the way of the world. Do you know what I like to do now, though? What's our new game? Uh, we were trying to pick cereal the other oh, day. To yeah, eat. yeah. I just assign a number mm-hmm. to the to each of the cereals, and I just say, "All right, one through four. and then I pick, and that's what it is. And I act, I actually really like that. It worked well. Mm-hmm. And I told Tom, I told you, <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was like, we should do that when we can't pick where we're gonna eat. You just need to. Think in your head, like Taco Bell, Chick-fil-A, Culver's, something. Yeah. And then assign random numbers and then we just pick. And then that's how we decide. No more. I don't know. What do you want to eat? Or. Maybe. Whatever you actually have the feeling for. Just tell me. But sometimes I don't know. That's fair. That's that's a whole thing. Male, the male and female, they'll, they'll never. What's the one trick? That's on the internet now. You basically, there was one that you, oh, you say, uh, guess where we're going to go eat. And then whatever, the mm-hmm. whatever you guess is clearly where you want to mm-hmm. eat. Eh, you know how it goes. Uh, but yeah, no. And then just uh, last kind of closing thought for me, I kind of am trying to understand why Elma took over as my favorite. Season one. I think she just was annoying or something. I don't fully remember I remember, remember her being one. a little annoying. But she's absolutely adorable. I love her aesthetic. I like that she's kind of just a fish dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that she's technically, she's part of that one faction. The, uh, oh goodness. It's where, basically like a peacekeeper kind of. Yeah, kind of like a bit. And so it's like, okay, she's at least a nice dragon. I mean, Toru's nice, but I guess she's, I mean, well, technically. Well, she's a, a destroyer, chaos Well, she's faction. technically even one step further from that. Her dad is like, I forgot what the hell. Something of demise, but he's the like, the head dragon of the chaos faction. Yeah. So she's trying to live up to that, but then she doesn't. Oh, Harmony. That's what the. Harmony's Elma. the other one. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh. Which one of the one of the interesting fights between Toru and Alma happened at the end of I don't remember what episode, but uh, it was a funny looking game where basically it's the first one to laugh while their feet are being tickled. Oh yeah, that and was funny. Comes up to a tie, uh, and then I liked uh, long hair Alma. I think that might have been what did it. The mm. flashback Alma to when she was uh, kind of the traveling mm-hmm. whatever. Don't get me wrong, short hair. I think also what I hated was her weird brown horn. Mm. Uh, it hit differently this season for some reason. She didn't have it on as much, I don't think. I think she was just That's hiding true. that. She upped her, her hiding magic, which was nice. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so she took over. She's best girl for me. If you guys would like us to know who your best girl was, hit us up on that Insta or that Discord. You know how it goes. We... We could say it a thousand times. You're not even doing it. Just like you haven't rated the podcast. But if you haven't, rate us on Spotify and or Apple Podcasts. If you can, helps us out because I don't know why, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. But it'd be swell if you did it. You got anything else with this show, little lady? Nope. I'm just thinking about when Alma was getting her face slapped by those tree 
Drew oh, just kidding. The wham bam. Funny. Yeah. Uh, overall, Kobayashi, it's it's not going to be one that I'm rewatching constantly. Season two was a much better argument for rewatching it because I think rewatching season two would be good. But mm-hmm. um, just maybe if you need to pick me up or just a, a feel good show, this is it. This is going to fill that need and it's got a good cast. I mean, we've got as far as recurring characters go, at least eight memorable ones from the show. I mean, we've got Toru, Kobayashi, technically, Kana, Elma, uh, Lukoa, Fafnir, um, Alulu now in this one. Mm-hmm. Random. How about Georgie? What a weird character, huh? Yeah, Where the I hell did she come from? I don't remember her from season one and I feel bad. Yeah, I don't I know. I vaguely me, I, did, but I didn't at the same time. I'm trying to see here really quick. Um, background. She first appears in episode six, introducing herself as maid of the Saikawa residence. Oh, my gosh. She, um, isn't that so is that the maid at. Um, what's his name's house? Shouta. Is it? No, no, it's not. What am I talking about? Oh, who, who? Saikawa is the little girl. Is that who you said? <gasps> That's right. It's Rico Saikawa's. So Kana's little friend. Mm-hmm. That's the maid at her house. That's. So, yes, we did oh, see her. And, okay. Hmm. Well, I'm glad that we came to that. And she knows that they're dragons? A human? She's human, right? I don't know who knows what. (laughs) That's the weird thing, because I think they're still trying to keep it hidden from Rico. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because remember, she sees Elma accidentally in the river. And then Kana's like, she's trying to take a picture. And Kana's like getting in the way, like, woo, with her arms up. so cute. And then they're, when they are doing the camping episode and Shota's with them, and it's Kana, Saikawa, and Shota, Elma is chaperoning them and they end up going in the forest, not telling Elma. She's going nuts, goes in her dragon form. And then Saikawa again, Kana, look, there's the dragon I saw in the river. And then Shota did like a, I don't know, blind or something with her memory. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like kind of gave her the men in black zapper, yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and frankly, besides her not only being the annoying character, and I guess we can... Uh, kind of end this with just ragging on Saikawa here. Um, you know, she's nine years old, same grade, and kind of as what Khan is looking like, third grade-ish or whatever. Y- you know, Yuri, that's one thing. Yuri's fine. You know, let's, let's, let's get that girl love going on. Sure. Um, which is something that I was like, I don't know. I, I love anime romance so much that I didn't think I'd like kind of this Yuri element on this one as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it came to this, it's another one of it's like a Shouta thing. I don't like that she's got all these weird feelings for Kana and she's very suggestive in a couple of ways. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, we need to we need to relax. Yeah, you're like eight or nine years old. Yeah, 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 let's yeah. Keep it, let's keep you cute. Yeah, exactly, I think. There's a time um, and a place, I think, for everything in anime, and I just don't want it there. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I just think, 
we could have just kept it with Toru and Kobayashi as our main couple here. I don't, well, they are the main couple, but you mm-hmm, know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think we needed the uh, third graders. Mm-hmm. Doing that. I may call me old fashioned, but I don't think you're supposed to be uh, insinuating <laughs> anything in third grade. But oh, I God, mean, I, I at least hope not. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, Chicago public schools. So, <laughs> you never know what's going on around these freaking parts. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's it. For me, I, that, 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 that's it. I mean, that's it for me. Yeah. I think I'm going to look up that Kana figure again. See, see how see much if I that can is. Snatch that somewhere. Oh, dearly beloved. I <laughs> uh, can't thank you guys enough for joining us on another episode of this dang podcast of ours. Uh, especially if you've made it to this point. If you made it here, holy. Hey, thanks for doing that. We appreciate you. And you're clearly a friend of ours. So we appreciate you and um that's just it. That, that, that's it, you know. Um massive fan of you. Hope you're a fan of the fan of us. That's not kissing. I'm doing like no, I'm not kissing you. I'm doing sounds in the microphone. Get a, <laughs> get a hold of yourself. Uh Danielle, go ahead and send them out if you can, if you don't mind. Bye, guys.